Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host for the show. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. We are in Episode 9 of a 10-part series right now on everyday strategies, how you as teachers can become your personal best and what you can do for your students to help them become their personal best. We just got through in episode eight covering the inclusion movement and how why it's so important to understand that movement to help those students become their personal best. We've just been through that. We went through that in the last episode. That was episode eight. In episode nine, we're going to take a look at, we're going to take a look at the gifted kids, the kids who are in your class who are extremely smart, understand content, but some reason, you know, because they're so smart, they're not a problem. They just don't seem to get the right attention. It's always the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. So we're going to take a look at that. Then in episode 10, the conclusion, we're only going to cover a few strategies, but we're going to talk about the character education movement. And I do have some thoughts on that. That's a podcast that you don't want to miss because we're going to be discussing character education. And sometimes that gets misused, but we'll talk about that in uh, episode... um, Uh, in um, the 10th part of the series, the the concluding episode. So, my name's Jim Burns. You're listening to Anti-Bullying 101. We're going to be covering some everyday strategies, how you can help become your personal best and how you can help your students become their personal best. Okay, as I said, we're dealing with the gifted kid right now and how we can help him become his personal best and what we can do to help this kid. One of the more important things we have to do is challenge this kid because as you address the needs of the students who may be included or her kids who are a little bit lower functioning, you got to provide instruction that challenges this kid as well. These kids behave well and thrive on academic challenges. Their needs must be met 
academically. So the following 10 strategies are going to help you understand how to challenge your more gifted students. Now the word gifted here refers to students who may or may not be in special programs, but who've been identified by your district as gifted and talented. So let's take a look at these. Okay, strategy 38, find out who is gifted. And then once you do, they, you know, these kids don't come to you and say, you know, I, you know, I have an individual plan that you have to follow, or I'm in a pullout program. Unless the kid's been identified as being gifted, or they're, and then they're in special programs for the academically challenged, sometimes, which I find amazing, you may not even be aware of their needs. If they are gifted and talented or in a pullout program, identification is far easier. If not, do your best to identify them on your own through some informal testing. Here's the point I'm making. There are gifted and talented programs that kids are involved with. They test into those programs. We're not talking about the kids that have tested in. We're talking about kids who are in your class who just have more advanced academic ability than their grade level. In other words, they're in the fifth grade. They might be functioning on the seventh grade level in math. Those kids, we want to address the needs of those kids. They're not even identified, so you have to find out for yourself. They're not a behavior problem. They're nice kids. They'll stay after school to help you, and they get 100 on every test. So the bottom line is, how are we going to challenge those kids? Number one, pay attention to how quickly certain students complete their work. Some kids complete their work in a very efficient manner with accuracy. Be ready for that kid to provide more work. And the work at this point should be slightly more challenging. See, if they complete it really quick, guess what? They understand it too well. So what we want to do is we want to challenge them even more. If they complete it before other students, sometimes we might say to them, read a book while they're waiting for the rest of the class to finish. Don't do that too often. Because, you know, this kid not only will read the book, but he's a kid that can get ignored. We don't want to ignore this kid. We want to pay as much attention to this kid as we do the kids that need the help. Strategy 40, provide long-term projects for these kids to work on. And you know what? This is how I see homework. Homework should be a long-term project, not, you know, daily things that kids take home every day where they have to complete worksheets and study for spelling tests and so on. Spelling is important. I got it. And they have to know vocabulary and worksheets, you know, that reinforce school-related material. That's important too, but it shouldn't be the only thing that we look at. We should have some long-term projects for kids to work on. That help teach that help teaches self-discipline and it helps give them the ability to take a little piece of um the project and work on it each day. In other words, they're not going to let it go till, till it's due, you know, in 2 days. They'll work on it a little bit each day. And when I say long term, I mean like an entire marking period, which is like 9 weeks. 
Long-term projects that are tied to course content are a great way to challenge the more academically, academically advanced kids in your classroom. If you're working on, a voc on vocabulary, these students can make a find-a-word to go along with lessons, or better yet, you could provide them with, with a more advanced list of vocabulary words that they could use to write a research paper on a topic of their interest. In other words, you are challenging these kids. They got smart. It may be in their DNA. They may be very bright kids. It's there. We have to challenge them and not, we can't afford to let these, let these kids get bored. Strategy 41, give them as much positive attention as possible. I'm talking about your gifted kids now. Why? Because they're not a behavior problem. They're not an issue. They don't, they're not, they don't have, um, you know, all kinds of needs and everything else. So it can become very easy to ignore these kids. And, you know, if they watch you giving attention to kids who are behavior problems, okay, what will happen is they will figure out that that's how I get attention. So what you want to do is you want to give them the attention. You want to create in their head the abundant mentality, meaning I'm going to get my attention. This will help them okay, move forward and it will make their life feel like it'll make them feel like their efforts are recognized and they, they, they truly enjoy school. You're just going to make them enjoy it even more. Strategy 42, under gifted. These parents of these children want to know about their progress. You know, you make enough phone calls about negative behavior, call up these parents and make them aware of their positive behavior and, and give, them, give them information that helps uplift and edify this kid. It makes the parents feel good, you make some friends, and the kid feels good about himself. Provide positive recognition for your gifted students. You know, years ago, I used to give out an award in a school as an administrator, which was perfect attendance. Or I used to give out an attendance award if a kid who did not come to school on time regularly, all of a sudden for one marking period, was on time every day. Why am I giving him that award? I, I, I couldn't understand it, but I gave it to him. Bunch of kids. The point that I'm making is we don't want to be rewarding kids for what they should be doing anyway. But kids who are gifted do it because they have internal motivation. It's innate to them to want to do good. So what you want to do is you want to recognize those efforts. Even though they would do it if they didn't get an award. Recognize the efforts and give them positive recognition for what they're doing. Even though they would do it on their own, without any reward, make sure that you at least recognize how well they're doing. Sometimes kids that are gifted can have a little low self-esteem, and we're under strategy 44 right now. But you, even students who have 
academically or who are academically gifted can have low self-esteem. Parental pressure to perform sometimes produces this. Now they may have very high IQs, but their emotional quotient is far lower. And you got to make them aware that human beings, that's who they are. They're not human doings. And it's okay to make mistakes, and yet it's even okay to fail once in a while. Make sure that they understand that. I've seen kids who are under such pressure to perform and the expectation from the parents is so high that they just can't bring home a B plus. They have to bring home an A. Make them aware it's okay. Strategy 45. Help this student become well-rounded and balanced. Now, is there anything wrong with a kid who likes to read or spends a lot of time, you know, dealing with academic material. You know, it's okay. But sometimes these kids neglect other areas of their life, like, you know, like school activities, friendships, sports, and they have trouble just being a kid. Encourage the student in other areas and help him or her develop a balanced life and not only focus on the mental aspect, but the physical and emotional aspect of life as well. Now, I will say that most kids who are bright like to be involved in clubs and activities and so on. But if they're not, help them understand that they've got to balance this and work with them to find things that interest them. Strategy 46. Help, this is an interesting one. Help the student understand that it's okay to be confident which they may very well be, but cockiness or arrogance is unacceptable. Kids who excel academically have a fair amount of confidence. That's pretty well understood, and that's a good thing. But cockiness and arrogance are not too good. This type of attitude can begin to prey on the nerves of other students and even you as the teacher. Sometimes they start thinking that they have all the answers and begin challenging your role as the teacher. It can affect your relationship with this student and with the rest of the class. Even though this student is academically gifted, he may be emotionally immature. This attitude, you know, it's not only going to have a negative impact on the student in the present, but in the future as well. Correct this behavior and make him aware or her aware how other people could perceive him and how he may be being perceived right now. Strategy 47, keep a sharp eye out for bullies. Students who are academically oriented can be the prime victim for bullies. Bullies who view this student as a nerd or a teach a teacher's pet, or they may even become jealous of the attention that he or she's receiving from the teacher and may want the same attention. But they have trouble trying to you know figuring it out. They revert to bullying almost as a means of revenge. The gifted student needs to be instructed on how to manage this situation and most of all, how to stand up 
for themselves. And there's a bunch of stuff in the appendix of this book that you would be able to get uh, in terms of managing bullying behavior in your classroom. Don't miss it. I would, I would, without a doubt, I would download this book and get this information. Just go to the website, go to the store, and pick up the book. Now, that's gifted students. So we've covered inclusion. We've covered the gifted. We've covered both ends of the spectrum. What I want us to be aware of here is sometimes the ones that are really, really challenged and have difficulty, they get attention. The ones that are just so academically oriented, at times they get attention. Don't forget the general average kid in your classroom because he could be on the fence and he could go either way. He could start having difficulty behaviorally. He could start having difficulty academically. Make sure that you recognize the general average kid and let him or her know how important he is or she is to the class and how you appreciate their efforts. My name is Jim Burns. That was part nine in a 10-part series on everyday strategies, helping students and teachers become your personal best. Take a look at the website. We've already discussed that, bullyproofclassroom.com. Do your best to get there. Take a look at the links in the, uh, the episode description. You're going to find you can download the book and other free resources there. Okay, And let's do our best to help kids become their personal best as we work as adults in recognizing our challenges and we and how and we want to develop our skills as a professional and become our personal our personal best not only professionally but personally as well i see that as really important because sometimes once you develop yourself personally professionally is not far behind once again i'm jim burns you've been listening to anti bullying 101